Hello, and welcome to The Real Folk Reviews. I'm Samuel, and I first saw Heavy Metal Queen about 15 years ago. My name's Georgie, and I first saw this episode 20 minutes ago? We've just had lunch. That's where we're at. I've watched it, I've had lunch, here we are. Here we are. Three, two, one, let's jam. So, Georgie, it was acceptable. But where was the depth? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Sam, I'm sure you were severely disappointed by by the lack of depth. Yeah. (laughs) I like my swimming pools at least three metres deep. Otherwise, really, what's the point? Oh, gosh, that sounds like quite a stressful swimming pool. I'm not a very strong swimmer, so so that would panic me a little bit if I got into a swimming pool and and it was three metres. Yeah. Although, if it was a diving pool, it would probably panic you if it was For less different than reasons. three meters. Agreed. Yeah. So, Heavy Metal Queen, we begin with a big old truck in space. Yeah! I didn't quite realise that we were establishing this trucker thing until a little bit further in, but I loved the whole visuals moving into it and the music over it. It was just very 80s. Mm. And the colours of this spaceship... That you know, you might as well have flames on it. Um, oh yeah, it was like lightning go faster stripes on yeah, this big exactly. long truck, and uh, kind of going for these aggressive cornering through the gates. In, yes, in space. Yeah, yeah, and shots of like the booster at the end with the, the blue flames coming out, and and just like focusing on these di- little details of here's a lightning bolt, here's some fire, here's some, you know loud music over the top of all of it, and it just. <laughs> It very immediately set a tone. Speaking of the loud music, since it's the defining track of the episode, what do you think of the heavy metal song that's in this episode? I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what they're saying, obviously, because it's not English. I think it might be, but it's pretty indecipherable. I think there were were moments of English, but there were definitely bits where I sat and tried to listen and and, and it still sounded like it wasn't English. Um, But yeah, I like it. I like a little bit of rock and metal every now and then. I don't know how metal it is because I feel like whenever I listen to metal, I have no frame of reference for what heavy metal actually sounds like. But I I have a good friend of mine who um, he got married recently and he is really into death metal, like the really, really awful stuff. Yeah. And he's just a lovely person, um, but it, it was referenced at the wedding that at one point prior to their engagement, his now wife walked into the room when he was listening to it. And this was a natural quote that was provided as part of one of the speeches in the wedding. This sounds like a literal nightmare. And I was really expecting to be treated to some of this music at some point in the wedding because, you know, this is his thing and it's his wedding. Surely we should have at least a snippet of that. And it seemed as though the consensus was when I spoke to his friends who have listened to some of what he listens to. And even they were like, you don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, this this is perfectly... There isn't really any reason for Spike and Faye later to react to it the way they do. It's just like... A rocking song, but it's yes. it's not offensive in any way. It's just... No, well, I, I mean, do you have you looked up the lyrics for it? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's all satanic. Maybe. Oh. But um, anyway, yes, I enjoyed the music. Yeah, I would listen to it. 
And what did you think of first impressions of VT? He, uh, well, okay, so pronouns, I'm not actually sure because I thought they were male. Yeah, I did too, first time I saw this. Uh, yeah. yeah, up until the end when they, they referenced that they were a wife to somebody. I'm pretty sure VT is female, like would refer to, because her okay. name is Victoria Terpsichore, we find out okay. at the end. So, okay. And the actors are both female. Who yeah, because the voice was certainly more feminine than I expected when I thought it was male. Okay. I think she's just a woman who doesn't dress in a particularly female coded way, but sh she doesn't seem to identify as not female. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, but we won't linger on that point too much. So she presents like the roguish hero. Yeah. It's sort of entering with a bit of a strut and a bit of a, a brag but with this charismatic smile that mm. seems to make people like them. Yeah, a bit of a strap, but actually for kind of how loud the music is and loud the outfit is, um, doesn't really impose her presence on anybody. No, that's true. Just seems to be somebody that people know and like to talk to. Yeah, certainly has a reputation and is known mm. locally by people for being i mean what do they do that's i got a bit stuck on that because they truck they just truck so they haul stuff yeah from place to place as far as i can make out yeah that, is, that seems to be it okay i did enjoy the the whole space trucker feel of the episode <laughs> where they you know when they bounce between people in their own space trucks we establish in this first scene where she docks and chats to this other guy there's the bet on her name yes which will carry on through the episode, which itself carries on into a bar where bounty hunters are hanging out thinking that this guy called Deco is going to come through. We saw Fatty last episode, but I think this is the first time we've really seen competition between bounty hunters. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was hoping we'd get another episode of the, oh, um, what's, what's that? The show... Oh, Big Shot. Big Shot. I was hoping we were going to get another installation of Big Shot. Oh, yeah. It would have made sense here. They they do come back, Big Shot. Mm. You, you, we're not done with them. Okay. Yeah. It seemed like the time for them to arrive since, yeah, as you say, we've got this bounty hunter competition feel. Uh, yeah, it would have made sense. But yeah, here we just kind of have people hanging around in bars. Jet and Spike are on the phone to each other. Spike, very hungover. Very hungover, sat on the toilet. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed the added scenery of, of the toilet as well. Like before we go into the cubicle where he is, just all of the little things they have on the walls and stuff that make that feeling of it being a bit of a dive bar. Yeah, there's a good sense of place in all yeah. the places we get to in this yeah. episode. Yeah, we? but we, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see Spike with his pants down sat mm. on the loo. No. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Last couple of episodes, <laughs> he's got to be the lone hero type. And here, mm. no dignity at all in any of his scenes yes, in this episode. Yes, yes, exactly that. Like the first thing he says is about how he's got a hangover the size of Neptune. Yeah. He certainly seems to have fallen a bit lower in the last couple of episodes. I feel like we're seeing yeah. him much more in these scenarios where he's in a bar looking depressed and drinking. <laughs> That's happened a few times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is definitely becoming a, a theme of his, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, looking, mm, making yeah. up the most disgusting drink imaginable. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, his hangover cure. 
But then I thought it was interesting that, yes, so he's on the phone with Jet talking about how, you know, like, we're on the lookout for this guy, Decker. And then Faye has been involved in the process, even though they have ostensibly been ignoring her in previous episodes. She's suddenly a part of this one, you know, this mark they're trying to get. Yeah, they are actually working together on this one. I think they've still reassigned her to antarctica a bit they've stuck her in the bar they're not expecting him to go to i thought that she had chosen to go there oh i i, I don't think it's made clear fair enough but there's this one which is like she's in more of a diner place. yeah yeah, diner yeah where she's eating her uh, ice cream sundae yeah and then a uh, a large man walks past with what appears to be the edge of a tattoo that they've been told to look out for dragon tattoo yes yes so uh. she well goes over and uh Sticks her butt out a lot. There's a there's oh there's a couple of very rapid bits of sexism from the diner over to the bar. You've got Faye leaning towards yep. this tall man, showing off her her bum to the quote unquote camera. Um, you know, so that's my little feminist annoyance for today. And then straight yep. over to the bar where the waitress is just being assaulted by one of the bounty hunters. Yeah. Well, by three of them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not very pleasant. It's- no. It's thankfully also not very long because it's not long before VT comes in and starts clearing things out. Interesting that she gets involved and Spike just sits there until he has a stake in things. Yes, yes, Um, until someone knocks over his the egg he's been trying to put into his hangover mm, cure. And then we have a shot of his crotch with the egg yolk. Just dribbling down. Just dribbling down. His crotch. And a horrified reaction shot of his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. And now he wants to punch some people. Yeah. Because they ruined his egg. You spilled Sorry. my egg. I needed that egg. Yes, exactly. I needed that egg. <laughs> and then starts punching people. And, yeah. It's, it's kind of fun the way they do his drunken fighting style, which is basically the same as his normal fighting style, but just slower and heavier. <laughs> and with his eyes just like... Kind of like oh yeah gotta do this now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's flicking between that fight and Faye apprehending what she thinks is Decker the guy they're looking for yeah and realizing that it's the the little dude just next door yeah at the next table who's who, actually got the tattoo who looks exactly like Woody Allen for some reason <laughs> um. yes very nerdy I don't think ever says a word only no, ever he... just makes little whiny noises yeah Yes. Yeah, he just giggles or... Yeah, and Faye just sees the dragon tattoo on his arm as he's kind of running away, realises she's got the wrong person, and then, just to be sure, rips that man's shirt off to reveal what she thought was the dragon tattoo is, in fact, an eel. Yep. I'm just into eels. (laughs) Yep. Okay. um, You know. Fine. No shame. You do Uh, you. Yeah. Just a random little moment. There's a weird thing, though, if you're ashamed about that fact to get a giant tattoo of an eel on your chest. Well, maybe he got the tattoo when he was feeling particularly bold. Maybe he'd had a bit to drink. Mm. And then the next day he's like, oh, no, no, everyone knows I have a thing for eels. We've all been there. It's a universal human experience. Very much so. So, yeah, in the other bar, 
Spike and VT are hanging out, having successfully beaten up these guys with some very cartoony face lumps, like much more cartoony than this show usually goes. Yeah, proper golf ball-sized lumps. Which I think probably shows you how seriously you're meant to take any of the stuff that happens in this episode. It's yes. a little marker there of, nah, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so those three old guys that we've seen before come back and... Uh, Oh, yes, the ones, yeah, the bounty hunters who are sat outside bragging to each other. Yeah. Or claim to be bounty hunters, anyway. Oh, no, those are, those are different people. Oh, who is the, where have we seen the three old guys before? In previous episodes, they were in the first episode. Oh, they're episode. those three guys? Yeah. How can you tell? Have you been back and watched them to compare? They're the three old guys. Okay, all right, sorry. No, it's, no, you, you do need to apologize, because this is like, um... <laughs> They're, they're beloved characters in the Cowboy Bebop universe. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. They'd, they'd have their hearts broken to know that you don't know who they are. I'm, I'm very sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. They might not, but I do. So, yes, uh, Spike and VT are chatting, and then these three old guys come and make a bet. And Spike and VT seem to be getting along okay. Except that VT announces very loudly that she hates all bounty hunters. Yes. And thinks that Spike is like her and, you know, like was just getting rid of some scum. Yeah. When uh, really, he is also a bounty hunter and someone made him drop his egg. So he yeah. wailed on them. And yeah, he just ignores that until Jet phones through and gives the game away by giving him info on the bounty. Yep. Is it just me or does this conflict seem completely manufactured? Which conflict? the falling out between VT and Spike. Because it, it does just seem like a thing of, oh, I don't like bounty hunters, is so that two characters who have no reason to be at odds with one another will be at odds with one another and have to, like, mend a rift. I think it's interesting that you're reading into an episode that we've already agreed is really shallow. Yeah, that's probably true. This is maybe just me complaining about... How shallow it is? Yeah. Where is the depth? Where is the depth? <laughs> You spilled my depth. I needed that depth. Oh, um, dear. <laughs> Out of context, it just sounds really weird. It does. <laughs> it is an odd thing to say. Um, so, yeah, more just random crap then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's continue to the next plot point, yeah. aka random crap. Spike gets a call from Jet to say that Faye has just lost Decker yeah. uh, and so goes outside to get his spaceship to discover it has been thoroughly graffitied. Yeah. And theoretically, it's also been damaged, although it more just looks like it's been graffitied. But mm, but apparently all the artillery and stuff is broken. Yeah, and he doesn't appear to be able to fly it back. A couple of bits of the graffiti on there were just gave kind of an indication that these mariachi bounty hunter guys don't really understand how graffiti works. Like, one of them wrote, albatross for some reason <laughs> on the ship oh i didn't see i didn't i didn't pause to look at the graffiti <laughs> i didn't really either it was just caught my eye because it was so strange and then there was another one which just said you fool <laughs> if you really really want somebody to know how much you hate them you write you fool on I mean, their car <laughs> much like stray dog strut this had a very scooby-doo feeling about it throughout yes. there was no real danger there was no actually scary you know um adversaries everything was very contained and just kind of 
gently rude to people yeah. and and whenever there was any kind of physical confrontation it's it, as you say there was you know the tom and jerry style lumps on their heads like you don't yeah. take anything seriously here no no this is very true although jet apparently takes it very seriously that iron ought to eat his bean sprouts yes jet black space dad moment for the episode not mine. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get it in there as mine then. Okay. It's, it's just it's quite sweet the way he's like, "You need to eat up. They're good for you." And then he <laughs> pleads with him, "Please, you know, give me a break. It's all we have." <laughs> that's, that's, even in a completely throwaway episode like this one, it's you know, it's nice to have a little bit of relationship building, even if it's between Jet and a dog. Yeah. VT is not inclined to give Spike a lift until. Zeros the cat takes a liking to Spike, and I love the cat. Yeah. We haven't commented on the cat. I love the first entrance of the cat when it just glides. You see an aerial shot of it gliding through the door where and VT walking after. Oh yeah, and, and I just remember being like, "That is a cat. It is a cat." <laughs> <laughs> and then the cat curls itself around the parking meter to be like, "Here you go, buddy. This is where you need to put in your <laughs> thing." <laughs> and then it's just floating around all the time. And throughout the fight, you've got a shot of it. Um, oh no, I think actually it's when that woman is being assaulted, the shot we then have is the cat sat on the counter having a drink. Oh yes. And in no way giving a shit. I mean, in the cat's defense, it is a cat. Oh I know, but just the way (laughs) that it then goes out of its way to show its liking for Spike. Oh yeah. It was just an odd choice for the cat not to also be like, VT, someone's being attacked over there, go deal with it. Unless it's because the cat is already aware of the fact that VT knows She'll sort it and carries on having a little drink. That's that's a very positive read to have on it. Because we don't see VT get up. We see VT sorting it out. I also thought it might just be that Spike's head happened to be exactly the right shape for the cat to nestle on. <laughs> no, that was all the reason. But either way, it is the, the cat's choice to sit on Spike's head. Yeah. That is why VT's like, fine, you must be all right then. Because I think that's a thing that pet owners do. If your dog yeah. responds well to another human, then you think better of that human. Which is a very stupid way of judging that, because dogs like everybody. That's true. I can understand it with a cat. Cats are d- not known for liking people in general. So, so if they are particular about who they like, then it must be a good one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is a thing we all do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so VT reluctantly gives Spike a lift, thanks to the cat. Yeah. And and they complain about her music choices, and yes. we don't think they have a particularly good reason to. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Faye and Spike have just a little bit of a domestic whilst mm-hmm. they're on the ship. Just, you know, you should have done this. Why didn't you just help me do blah? And then, you go, can you turn it down? <laughs> and she responds, no, it's very soothing. Yes. <laughs> Not the word I'd choose, but... That's, well, yeah. we've established it's not necessarily our jam all the time, this kind of music. So for no, other people, true. it's relaxing. I find house music to be the most stressful thing ever, but other people find it to be the most relaxing. Yeah, horses for courses. Exactly. So yeah. they catch a lift and take the ships back. And that's when I get my jet black space dad moment, mm-hmm. when he's looking at the state of the ship having been graffitied and broken, and he's just like... Who do they expect to clean up this mess? Oh, yes. And that <laughs> yes, is mine. No. <laughs> yeah, no, your, yours beats mine, I think. Yours is definitely more dadish. Um, 
it really reminds me of when I was a kid and I had pet rats. Me and my sister had pet All rats. Right. And we were quite young when we got them. And basically, my dad ended up being the one to look after them and, and cleaning them out all the time. And yeah, it just reminds me of that. Like, you expect me to do it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they show absolutely no gratitude to him mm. for, for fixing up their ships. Yeah. Even when, when they, a bit later in the episode, have to dash off into their ships, they're like yelling at him for not having done it fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has just got two teenage children. Two teenage children in their 20s. Yep. They're dropped off back, and VT finds that her friend from earlier has been involved in a hit and run with Decca. So she uses the trucker network. Yes, which was, I loved that. I love that whole bit. It reminded me of Smokey and the Bandit. It's definitely the best bit in the episode. It might well be like inspired by Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. Although there is also a practice in Japan of really decorating the front of your trucks. It's called Decatora, and it's like the trucks in this episode, only on land. And yeah, there's some nice inventiveness in there. There's like yes. the truck with the neon lights on the front, the truck with the house plants all yes. around it. And I, lo- I really enjoyed the very neat alcohol shelf. Oh, yes. But then just one bottle also floating in the cab with yeah. the guy. <laughs> Yeah. And then the guy who just likes clowns? <laughs> yes. Was that what it was? <laughs> it's like cuddly toys. I think some of them were clowns. Or maybe there was another clown guy. I don't know. There's a series of kind of flashing, you know, blink and you'll miss them. But yeah. that's clearly where 90% of the episode's effort went. Yeah, but the truck that VT is looking for, we've been told, has a, a, a picture of a woman on it. Yeah. Like a huge picture of a of woman on it. Of Sarasvati. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also Decker's truck that yep. is filled with very, very explosive things. Yep. And VT chases him down and he is much more scared of the situation than she is because he knows he's driving his truck full of explosives into an explody old mine. Yep. And uh, this is when we get Spike and Faye also hearing about it and jumping in their ships to go catch up. Yeah, half-dressed again. A lot oh. of half-dressed in this episode. Yes, totally unnecessarily half-dressed. Like, what? Like why? I mean, he's just been doing his laundry, and, and therefore we see him in his boxes. You know, some lovely orange stripy boxes. Well, it's just the sense that they're going off half-prepared. Like, they're not dressed, their ships aren't ready. Mm. It just adds to that tone of, don't take this seriously. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, this is a half-assed like, always adventure. ready for action. Yeah. Yeah, and Faye's been doing her face mask, her mm. uh, beauty routine, and is interrupted. It's a half-assed uh, showing up for a half-assed adventure. Yes. Uh. I'm, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they uh. jump in their ships to go and catch up, and they try to get in touch with VT before they leave, don't they? Because they're on yeah. the phone and trying to say, it's explosive, be careful, yeah. and, and get cut off. But it's too late. VT has been too busy chasing Decker through this asteroid field. I like the trucks. You see, like, the retro rockets firing, and they're kind of using the asteroids that they're floating around to kind of, you know, give some backdraft and maneuver around. It's slightly more, weirdly for an episode which is so nonsensical, slightly more realistic space physics. Yeah. It doesn't end well for Decker. He yep. gets defenestrated for the third episode in a row. Yep. They get 
trapped in this mine thing. Yep. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. I think it's it's Decker's ship crashing, like yep. traps them in there. They have no obvious solution until VT suggests one. Let's blast it. Let's grab some of the explodable stuff from the truck and blast our way back out of this mine that we've gotten stuck in. Let's use some explosive stuff to explode a thing that's already exploding right next to this huge pile of explosive stuff. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Faye manages to get one of these explosives out of Decker's ship, puts it into Spike's pod, wonders... What are you going to do when this explosive is in your pod? <laughs> it says, I'm going to do my floating act. And then jumps into space. Yep. He takes a big breath and presses the ejector seat, effectively. If you're ever in that situation, for some reason, don't take a big breath. You're, yeah. No, you don't want to do that because you will add more pressure internally. Um, and when you're in space, that's a problem? Yeah, because there's no pressure outside of you, so it's a bigger pressure imbalance between you and the world outside. Oh, I don't know why that's a bad thing. Uh, it's bad. Okay, it's uh, bad. <laughs> it's bad. Jumping into space as well is a lot worse than this episode makes I mean, it that seem. much I, I was pretty sure yeah. of. <laughs> Not really for the reasons you'd think from watching movies, actually. Like, you wouldn't explode or instantly freeze or do any of the stuff that people tend to see in films but you would just pass out mm. there, there was an instance of somebody being stuck in space-like conditions and they passed out within 12 seconds with their last recorded memory being that their saliva on their tongue was boiling oh so yeah so spike would probably not be able to do what he does and fire his gun and propel himself uh, <laughs> over to the ship yes to vt to to grab hold of him yeah. bring him into safety who also is a st is just vt's just op opened the door of their spaceship yeah and is just standing there yep so uh, also effectively in space yep she doesn't need to breathe either she's not going to be out bravadoed no apparently not no she does have a lot of bravado mm. yeah so so they do they blow up the pod and Hooray, there's a way out! And then they fly out the other end of the gap they've made in the mine. Yep. And all is well. And Spike, seeing her watch float across his field of vision, is able to figure out who she is. Yeah. Yeah. And they A bit of a sad story there. Yeah. Well, it's just that her husband died. I mean, it's sad, but I'm not sure I'd really call it a story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You did not like this episode. <laughs> oh, I, th I think I'm probably... I think it's just you clearly enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. Or did you not really? I would... I mean, well, we haven't got to the ranking yet. Mm. Um, although, well, we, I mean, do you want to go to the ranking? Uh, yeah, I guess we could. We've covered Jet Black Space Dad. We've pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be putting this at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing happened. No, that's the main thing. It's... All the scenes are quite long with not very much driving them. This to me felt like a crossover episode to a show about VT, which is probably a show I would watch because I liked VT. I liked VT, a very interesting character that I would want to hear more about. But just in an episode where nothing about them really has a chance to be relevant, it seems to spend more time with her than it does with our protagonists. And yet... The things we know about her 
She was married to a bounty hunter, which generates a manufactured conflict and nothing else. She <laughs> loves heavy metal, but that never actually impacts on anything. No. So, yeah, I think I'm going to do the same. I knew it was near the bottom, but I think you've convinced me. It, it's it's bottom. I, I, st- I still enjoy it, but yeah. Yeah. Just one more thing that when I was younger, I thought of Spike giving up the money. Oh, how great. What a cool thing to do. Now that I'm a bit older and have bills to pay, I'm like, what the hell, man? Take the money. You all need the money. But she's he... she's quite happy to give you the money. Just take the damn money. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a few episodes back when he had the opportunity to be given money for something and chose to do the good thing rather than the thing that would get, get him money. You were very much like, Spike's a cool dude and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but that was him saving iron. This is him just winning a bet and then letting the other person off for no reason whatsoever feels bad for them i don't know because the partner died i don't know i don't i don't care enough to have an opinion on this (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) (laughs) heavy metal queen kind of fun in places bit of a pile of nothing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes so what did you think of the preview it looks like we're gonna get more of the crime thriller drama stuff in the next one which i think i'm looking forward to actually it had more of that like dark moody color palette and also just more sort of realistic color palette if i can put it that way like like there was a young a young woman character who she just looked like an everyday person she didn't she wasn't dressed like an anime character Hmm. she was a real looking human there was people shooting and there was like a big boss type crime boss. I felt like we were about to go into some sort of crime syndicate fight. Yeah, it does kind of have that slightly more grounded vibe, although with a very dreamlike music playing under it. Yeah, and the voiceover from Jet Black really just uh, subverting the seriousness of the visuals. Yes. Grumbling about the fact that he looks much older than he apparently is. Yes. Like hell is he 36. Like hell is he 36. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And just like, sometimes I get to do the voiceover. And it's kind (laughs) of (laughs) nice. I don't think he'll be trusted with it after that. (laughs) No, I don't see that way, no. Um, Couldn't see... Oh, no, Faye did pop up and she looked very angry. The brief moment you see of, of her, she looks very sort of demonic. Actually, her face. <laughs> she looked really, really angry. Um, so, join us next time for Cowboy Bebop, The Rise of Demon Fae. Until then, see you, space couriers. No! Space truckers! But that doesn't begin with a C. I don't care. It, ma- it sounds better. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at realfolkreviews at gmail.com, look up our Facebook page, or find us on Reddit at u slash therealfolkreviews. Thanks for listening.